This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, all right. Let's get right into it. Zach, what's going on, man? Uh, this is Faraz Sadiqi. We're going to go over quarterback rankings, running back rankings for week 11. We got some news to go over. We got a a game tonight, Thursday Night Football, Week 11, is starting tonight. Exciting, man. Exciting. Yeah. We're getting We're to get... the, the home stretch of the season. Um, hopefully, you guys are starting to make some moves already with those trades that we talked about yesterday. Uh, apparently, a lot, <laughs> apparently, a lot of people don't have their last uh, week of trades this week. Right. You know, yeah. I, did, I did a poll on my Instagram story, and it was about 50-50, where 50% of the people you know, had their de- trade deadlines today. Oh, I'm sorry, this week, and then fi- the other 50% have their trade deadlines next week. Uh, so I was, we were going to do another show next week. We were thinking about not doing a show, but now I'm thinking, I'm like, well, next week is Thanksgiving. So yeah. we're, we're going to figure out what we're going to do in terms of shows. We're probably not going to have a show on Thanksgiving Day, uh, but we're going to have a show Monday through Wednesday and then on Friday morning yeah. um, You know, to kind of make sure that you guys are good to go going into the weekend. And obviously we have a few games on Thanksgiving as well. I think we have a game on. Do we have a game on Friday too? Yeah, I think. Well, no, I think it's next year. I know next that year. they said about a Black Friday game. Uh, yes, I think it's next year that they're starting. Okay, twenty twenty three. So okay. I saw that. I was kind of excited for that, and then I realized I think it is next year, dude. Um, if that, it isn't, even better. But <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have football on uh, Monday, on Thursday, on Friday, and on Sunday. So yeah. why not? If, why yeah, not? Doesn't happen all day. the time. But I remember back when you know COVID was a problem. And they would move games around. We had uh, games every day of the week. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Sunday, Monday, right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is what it was. Uh, obviously, that was a pain in the butt for fantasy. But, man, that was kind of cool having it every day of the week. It but, was. Uh, it was. Um, so we got some news. Uh, Mark Andrews got a limited practice in on Wednesday. Uh, good sign he can play this week. But he's not out of the woods just yet. This is a good sign, though, for him, yeah. for him to play. Uh, Gus Edwards was also back in practice. Good sign for his availability. If he practices all week, I'd expect him to get the majority of touches out of the Ravens' backfield this week. I would be fine starting him as like a low-end RB2 if he doesn't yeah. play. Uh, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams got limited practice practices in on Wednesday. That's a good sign for both, but I'd be extremely cautious putting either of them in my lineup this week, especially Keenan Allen. You know, even in a good matchup against Kansas City, like this is you know, it's not even a great matchup for Mike Williams, like on his side, uh, on the left side. But like, you know, it, it's it's. I would. I'm not sure if these guys will end up going this week. I would say that they might not play. They might leave them out one more week. Yeah. Uh, especially Keenan Allen, uh, even Mike Williams, to be honest. 
That's what I would do. I mean, the way that they've been having them miss games, you know, Keenan Allen came back probably a little bit too early and ended up, you know, re-aggravating that same injury. At this point, you had him out for the entire season. Um, having him back a game earlier isn't going to change anything, really. Um, maybe, I guess against the Chiefs, you could say it would be helpful to have them back, but they've been, you know, getting it done without them. They're not a bad team without them, and then they should be able to come back healthy. Just bring them back when they're 100%. Don't rush them back. That's what I think they're going to do, and they should do. If they bring them back, you know, I wouldn't be worried about starting. I, I would kind of just be like, okay, I'm going to put you in my lineup if you're playing, especially if it's just one of them because Justin Herbert, you know, it's a good matchup. I, I would leave it. You know, I know you can temper expectations a little bit. You're not going to be expecting them full full um, power, but if you had them on their bench the whole year, you know, you're going to want them in your lineup. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, man. Uh, Jerry Judy didn't practice on Wednesday either. Uh, my guess is that he sits out this week. But there's there's a chance that he plays. Um, he'll have to get some practice in first, though. So to monitor that for you know for him and for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, there's a chance that Kyler Murray doesn't play this week. Um, again, they play on Monday night, and as you'll see, I don't have you'll see him soon. I don't have him ranked that high anyway this mm-hmm. week against San Francisco. But uh, Colt McCoy is also dealing with a knee injury, and he's day to day himself. Trace McSorley would be the quarterback if neither can go. Uh, and that offense, you know, would take a pretty big hit if that were to be the case. Yeah. I mean, it was serviceable with Colt McCoy. And now, you know, Trace McSorley, obviously we haven't seen much of him. And he was a bit of a legend when he was in Baltimore. Um, but, <laughs> you know, sure. he never really saw the field that much. Um, yeah, everybody would get a downgrade except maybe James Conner if, you know, Trace McSorley right. would be the, the guy that goes. Um, it, I think Colt McCoy can get it done for DeAndre Hopkins if, if it comes down to it, you know. Yeah. Colt McCoy is okay. He can he can get the ball where it needs to be to DeAndre Hopkins. And obviously, we want Kyler Murray to play. I think Kyler Murray will play, but I'm not sure. We'll have to see. If, if yeah. it seems like teams are kind of taking the uh, the conservative route with these injuries, bringing players back this season so far, except for you know Keenan Allen coming back and reaggravating it. But outside of that, um, we've seen it from the Colts with Jonathan Taylor, all that. So if he doesn't play, I mean, it it sucks that it's a Monday night because you might be just pigeonholed into you know starting. Colt McCoy, if you have to, if he doesn't play, you know you're starting Trace McSorley. Um, definitely have another guy ready, uh, especially if he has a good matchup. You, like there are a couple guys in our rankings this week, you know, top twenty that you might be able to just stream, you know, throw in. There I'm and, playing. I'm playing Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray this week. Yeah, I, is, I think that's probably your best best bet. With the <laughs> I would say so. It, you yeah. know, it's just like he's hurt too. Like he's not gonna. He might not get some rushing. That rushing, that rushing upside isn't there. You know what I'm saying? And he, yeah. And Dan Jones is going up against the Lions, so I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm just gonna leave him out of my lineup for one more week. Yeah. Um, we've seen uh, we've seen Kyler Murray playing with an injury. His upside is you know seriously capped. You know oh, yeah. that's what kind of happened the past two seasons. You know, in the back half of the season, he gets injured and he doesn't have the ceiling that he had. What if it, earlier on? What if it, do you think he's faking the injury? Like, do you think he's just playing Call of Duty this whole time? <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. You know, we give Kyler Murray a lot of crap. You know, not only do we give him crap for being short, but also now because of Call of Duty. You know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in this one and say that this is a legit injury because he's played the rest of the season. Marquise Brown has been designated to return from IR. His 21-day practice window starts now. Um, it's even possible that he plays on Monday night. Uh, if Kyler goes, like, I'm okay starting him as like a wide receiver three in his first game back. Yeah. And then I'd expect to move him up into that wide receiver two range as Kyler gets healthier. Um, but I, reper- I prefer to play him with Kyler Murray healthy. Right? Yeah. So if Kyler Murray doesn't play, like, I'm not sure if I want to 
put Marquise Brown in my lineup, assuming that I have other options. And if I do, I might sit Hollywood in his first game back. Yeah, I would temper expectations with Hollywood Brown. Definitely coming back, like, you know, just not only from the injury, but coming back with a presumably backup quarterback. You know, if Kyler Murray plays, like you said, good news. But if he comes back with a backup quarterback, they're just going to feed it to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know how much of a snap share he's even going to get, you know, coming back if they want to kind of take him back slowly. Uh, Rondo Moore is doing his thing. He's fine. We'll see what Trey McBride can do. And James Conner, like we said, you know, they just released, you know, Benjamin. So I think they have designs to use him pretty heavily you know featured him pretty heavily in this offense moving forward so 100%. i would give it i would give it that week before you put yeah it and i'm gonna i'm gonna we'll talk about you know james Conner today and and what that opportunity might look like um yeah. but uh one more piece of news juju is not practicing with that concussion mccall hardman still isn't practicing because of an illness to his abdomen like not sure what that means <laughs> uh but if yeah. both these guys are out you know Kadarius tony obviously gets a big bump and should be started and if Hardman right. does play, you know, or Juju does play, like I'm still starting Tony as like a wide receiver three ish. Mm-hmm. If Juju plays, you know, I think, you know, obviously Juju will get a lot of those targets. You know, Hardman might be bumped down just a little bit. But if if Hardman's out, you know, I think Tony can assume a lot of that as well. But either way, I think Tony is trending up and his snaps will go up regardless. Yeah. Regardless of what happens with the injury situation, I think he's going to carve himself out in nice role. He's talented. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about now. We will talk about now. <laughs> we see F here. F, we were just, yeah. other, what, what's your name, dude? Uh, I'm tired of calling <laughs> you F. I'm just going to call you for us. Um, uh, he's asking, is Stefan Dick still a good starter this week with three feet of snow? Ste- you know, for us, like, I, I, I've, I've literally, like, um, we, we, we completed this Mr. Question yesterday. We were just talking about it before the podcast started. Uh, you know, we weren't really aware of like the snow situation. I knew it was happening, but like yeah. I didn't think it was going to be this serious. So obviously over the last 24 hours, <laughs> things have changed a little mm-hmm. bit. So is he still, is Stefan Dick still a good starter this week with three feet of snow? No. Like I would say like if they're playing in Buffalo and there's three feet of snow and it's coming down, they're calling it thunder snow. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like, Keep, get my hopes up for Stefan Diggs. So, you know, just keep that in mind. You know, it looks like the NFL might end up moving this game potentially, depending on the reports. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just keep an eye out for that. And, that and we'll would see be, how that ends up going. That would be best case scenario for fantasy. You know, you want, you know, ideal conditions, obviously, or as close to ideal conditions as you can get for fantasy football. If you remember, if they do play this in Buffalo during this thunder snow that they're calling it they're calling for 30 mile an hour winds on top of it that kind of gets lost in the sauce when you're talking about three six feet of snow but 30 mile an hour wind if you remember the last game that was played in buffalo with a high wind like that you know that was new england versus buffalo last season and new england won that game by attempting six or seven passes single yeah. digit and, passes. and i think damian harris had like a long yeah. like 50 yard touchdown or something like that yeah in that game. yeah that's what it was so I mean, granted, that is Mac Jones. You know, that game plan was a bit drastic. The Bills did throw it around a little bit more yard, more than that. But um, I, I wouldn't expect too much. You know, that is pretty bad. We saw this. Someone asked a question about it yesterday. And like we said, we didn't know the extent of it. When I heard snow, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a snow game. You know, is it going to be a big deal? But three, six feet of snow, that's definitely grounds to move it. I am hoping that they move that maybe to a neutral site. Let's talk about tonight's game real quick. Packers, Titans. Um I like Aaron Rodgers this week as a low-end QB1 uh, with his newfound weapon in Christian yeah. Watson, right? And he has Alan Lazard. He has Aaron Jones. You know, solid matchup, right, through the air. Um, I'm okay starting him. Like, I, And you'll see, I have him, I think I have him at QB10 or some, QB11 or something like that. Um, 
And Watson, too. Like, I'm starting him as an upside wide receiver three this week. I don't know if he's a high-end wide receiver three, but he he's like a solid wide receiver three who could put up wide receiver one numbers. Um, but can't you can't ignore the 40% target share, right? You can't ignore the three touchdowns last week, and you can't ignore the matchup advantages. Um, I, I'd expect the Titans to try their best to not let him get over the top, though, right? Like, yeah. it just happened. Like, you know, this couple days ago, Titans are very aware of this. They also had a, a guy go for three touchdowns against them, Stefan Diggs, you know, early on the season. And they started to like lock down these number one wide receivers. Yeah. Um, but still, like they have Alan Lazard there. I I I actually like Alan Lazard's uh higher prop tonight. Um, you know, because of that. But you know, and, and it might sound obvious, but I have a feeling that they do a good job of, you know, letting not letting Christian Watson get over the top. But that being said, I still think he gets the targets, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's one of the reasons I like Lazard too. So uh, Lazard, I'm playing him as a wide receiver three as well. I think both these guys are going to be in my top 36. I think that's fair. You know, the Packers seem to get it all together, of course, against my Cowboys defense, but that's besides the fact. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers looked a lot more like Aaron Rodgers last week. The, in, the interceptions that we had seen a few weeks before didn't happen. Um, you know, Christian Watson, having Christian Watson, a reliable receiver, not only reliable, but, you know, an explosive receiver to kind of lean on in the passing game. That's something he hasn't had all season, and we just saw what the offense can be with that. Aaron Jones also quietly had, what, 140 yards on the ground? You know, so the offense is clicking just fine. It's doing all right, um, at least compared to what we see at the, saw at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I like the matchups on the outside. Aaron Rodgers should have, you know, another good day, at least compared to what he's been doing. I think we can move him up, like you said, into the QB1 range. It's going to be low end QB1. He's not going to have um, – he doesn't have that upset anymore. But, yeah. you know, he, he's not just a floor play at this point. You'll see that I have Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, Aaron Jones is a high end RB2 this week. Uh, it's a tough matchup on the ground. Uh, but, you know, if I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers to do well, then I'd have to expect the offense to be in positions to score. Um, so I'm good starting Jones this week. The Titans have also given up the fourth most receptions to running backs over the last four weeks. So hopefully the Packers can take advantage of that. All right. Derrick Henry is a great start tonight. Uh, running backs backs have an edge in general on Thursday nights and the Packers uh, have been vulnerable uh, to the run game Uh, and and that's about it for the Titans like don't start anybody else but I'll say this like pick up Traylon Burks before this game uh, if he's available in your leagues Uh, you know on platforms where you can just drop bench players after they play Uh, so you can just pick up somebody else for Sunday to see if they pop off you know and just continue that rotation you can do that on like Sleeper and like Yahoo and you know other platforms if your league settings allow it yeah all right Derek, Derek Henry's the guy that's the story of the Titans offense mm-hmm. pretty much yeah at Alma we know the connection between you and your therapist matters but if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming that's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you when you browse their online directory you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing so you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into the quarterback rankings. Let's get it popping. We have Justin Fields at number one this week. Right. If Can I have Josh not? Allen, if I yeah, you, you have to right. Like if I yeah. have Josh Allen, if I have Mahomes, if I have Jalen Hurts, like how do you bench a quarterback who just did what he did over the last two games? Yeah, you can't. You can't. No, and, and, and it's a good matchup, right? The Falcons, you know. The Falcons, like I was looking at at what they like, you know, their defense this year, and they haven't gone up against any rushing quarterbacks this yeah. year, so they haven't had to prepare for someone like Justin Fields, like all at all. Mm-hmm. So this might get ugly in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just scripted runs. You know, it's not the stuff that you prepare for. You know, you can watch film all you want. You could prepare for the design QB run in the red zone. You can do that, but you can't prepare for what we saw. You know, the past two weeks, like. Three defenders will get their hands on Justin Fields and just spin or shake them off or do something and just continue. He'll improvise and just go run for a 10-plus yard run play, you know, like every down. It's just ridiculous. Justin Fields has been on such a hot streak, like almost, I think almost, if not more than 80 points in two weeks is ridiculous at the quarterback position. And that's thanks to the rushing upside. I'm not sure you could bank on, I mean, we probably, I I think I said this last week after he ran for 60-yard touchdown, he ran for another 60-yard touchdown last week. You can't bank on that happening, but he's a threat to take it to the house every single time he runs the ball, which is weird to say about a quarterback. But I, I think yeah. I think that Justin Fields, yeah, he he is the number one QB right now, um, especially the way the defense is playing. You know, the defense uh, on the Bears has been allowing a lot of points, and it's just been keeping them in high-scoring shootouts, you know, these past two games. That's helped a lot, too. The game script is really good for Justin Fields. Yeah, man. Um, and his receivers also have a good ma- good matchups this week, too. Like, Darnell Mooney has a great matchup against Atlanta secondary, so there is some upside for him to throw a touchdown or two in yeah. this game. Uh, so we got Patrick Mahomes at number two against the Chargers. Great matchup. Uh, Josh Allen at home against Cleveland, obviously. We talked about that. He's still a little bit banged up uh, with that elbow injury. Uh, he did get a limited practice in on Wednesday. But like I mentioned earlier, if you missed it, you know, this Browns-Bills game in Buffalo – they're expecting a shit ton of snow, like three to six feet of snow, potentially. And the NFL is considering moving that game. And we might find out tomorrow if that'll be the case. So if, yeah. if they move it, cool. Like if they don't move it and the conditions are supposed to be rough, I'm still playing Josh Allen because he'll likely rush a lot. But I'm still downgrading him a little bit. And you're going to have to yeah. downgrade the wide receivers as well. You can upgrade the running backs a little bit, maybe. Um, upgrade the defenses for sure. Yeah, Because there probably will be interceptions and fumbles in this game. Um, if they do play it in Buffalo, um, they did move a game that happened in Buffalo like several years back. Um, but yeah, so just keep that in mind. We, we're going to have to monitor the situation. Hopefully they make a decision on Friday. Yeah. Do you think if they move, if they move this game, you know, Buffalo and Cleveland, if they move it to a neutral site where it's not three, six feet of snow on the ground, would Josh Allen reclaim number one, the number one spot or no? No. You're leaving Justin Fields there. Yep. I am. I'm also leaving Patrick Mahomes there. So, so this is assuming this is not accounting for the snow. These rankings. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is not accounting for the snow. I'm still having Justin Fields at number one. I st- I'm still having Patrick Mahomes at number two because of the matchup and because Josh Allen still is a little bit banged up with that elbow. 
Yeah, so I don't true. expect the full Josh Allen this week, regardless. Even though he's still running it like Josh Allen. Yes. <laughs> Even though he's still running with Josh Allen. Yeah. 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 Um, Jalen Hurts at number four. Uh, he's the default like top four running back because of his rushing ability. But running back. you know, <laughs> losing <laughs> top four quarterback, sorry, because of his rushing ability. Uh, but losing Dallas Goddard does suck. And yeah. you know, that's gonna he's, he might take a hit because of that. And his receivers are a little bit banged up right now, too. Both both uh Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are a little bit banged up, you know, specifically, you know, um AJ Brown. Devontae Smith. Oh. <laughs> okay. AJ Brown. Both, now, I heard that he had a twisted ankle and that he he was you know, Did AJ Brown practice yesterday? I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I should pull that up. I, I, I know seeing... that Devontae Smith was limited in practice yesterday. Um, oh. but we can we can pull up the Eagles practice report real quick. Let's let's let's, let's take a, a quick look at that. Um he was limited, it says. What AJ Brown was? That. Yeah, I think it says right here on the sleeper report. Yep. No, uh, yep, you were absolutely right. Yep. Yep. Both yeah, so. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith were limited. Devontae Smith with a knee and AJ Brown with an ankle. Something to keep an eye on. I, I don't think either of them are going to be held out. Um, no. AJ Brown did come back into the game, but it looked like he was, you know, suffering a little bit um, from that injury. He didn't look exactly as dynamic, but I, I think a week off, I think he'll be fine. I'm not expecting either of them to not play. I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, and even yeah. still, you know, I, I think Jalen Hurts, even if one of them wouldn't play, I mean, AJ Brown would hurt a lot more, I think, than Devontae Smith. But if Devontae Smith didn't play, I think I'd be okay with Jalen Hurts at four anyway, even missing Dallas Goddard. Okay. Okay. Um, Joe Burrow at Pittsburgh this week. Uh, good matchup on paper, but man, this defense rises to the occasion randomly, right? Like, they're very hard to predict. Like, they'll give up three touchdowns to AJ Brown one week and then absolutely destroy a team without Mika Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's, the, it's weird. The difference was TJ Watt. I mean, yeah, he was back true. last week. He makes yeah. such a huge difference. And, you know, obviously, I love Micah Parsons, but TJ Watt is just ridiculous. The impact that he has on the entire off, not offense, defense. Like they're, they're a different team when he plays. It's just ridiculous. So TJ Watt's playing. I'm not saying he's going to wreck the game for the Bengals, but it's definitely a much harder matchup with TJ Watt playing against playing against them. And Joe Burrow has been sacked a lot this season. Yeah, and and, and Pittsburgh is at home as well. Yeah. Um, jo- Lamar Jackson, I have met six. Um, he hasn't shown the ceiling that we've grown accustomed to, uh, but destroying Carolina at home is definitely in his range of outcomes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you want to start him over Joe Burrow, if you want to start him over Jalen Hurts, I get it. But I'm not, personally. I, I would be disappointed if Lamar Jackson didn't have a good game. I mean, he's had decent games. The floor has been very good. It's just we have become, like you said, accustomed to a very high ceiling, a very high quality of performance from Lamar Jackson as far as fantasy points go. He hasn't hit that recently. You got to think it's coming at some point. Um I don't think he's gone over 24 points in the past five or six weeks. I mean, at well, least. he's only he's only hit 20 points for 20 fantasy points in four point pass and touchdown scoring once since like week three. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been a rough go of it, at, at, you know, by his standards. Any other quarterback could be like, oh, yeah, that, that's a solid, solid QB, too, you know. Um, but we know what his upside is. We keep putting him up here because of that. Um, and you can't not rank him up here because of that. So I, I think that Lamar Jackson. He, he better have a good game this week. I, I think he will because this is Carolina. They're a very beatable team. Um, they could pull away quickly. And if I'm not mistaken, they're playing against an old division foe in Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. So that, that that could be, you know, adds a little skin in the game. <laughs> Dak Prescott at seven here um, against Minnesota. This is a great matchup for him, you know, Thank and you. his weapons. You know, Justin Herbert 
at eight, moving up against the Chiefs. You know, like I said, we're not sure if he's getting his weapons back. Gerald Everett's also banged up a little bit too, so keep that in mind. You know, when you have Justin Herbert out there, uh, but I, but I think he'll be solid. You know, in a potentially negative game script yeah. against the Chiefs, like I, I'm, I'm okay starting him this week. Yeah, I'm okay starting Justin Herbert too. I think we'll start to see him kind of move up these rankings a little bit more because of his solid schedule, you know, these next four weeks. Um, as his receivers come back, I think we'll see him move up because of that too. But this might be the last week where you're like scratching your head as to why Justin Justin Herbert isn't having that upside that he had. Um, uh, the receivers will be coming back. This might be the last week. The matchup is good, and that's really, you know, what you want to bet on. Kansas City and the Chargers, they always have good games. I mean, that's the way it's been since Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes have been there. Um, if you remember last, was it last? Last year, yeah. They played on Thursday night, and it was big games all around for them. Obviously, Mike Williams was playing in that game, and I'm not sure it was Keenan Allen. He might he might have been, but yeah, he was. Justin Herbert, you know, I, I think he has a good matchup, and that's all you really got to look for with him. He he's he's a middle of the pack starter, but you know he he's good. He, he'll he'll get the job done. They got Jimmy G at nine against Arizona. Uh, he has the weapons. It's a solid matchup. Right, so I'm I'm cool starting Jimmy G. It's crazy that Jimmy G is actually like in my top ten here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I ha- like I said, like I mentioned before, Aaron Rodgers at number ten. He was a QB ten last week, uh, which was his first QB one finish of the year. Um, I think that can continue. You know, with Christian Watson. You know, don't forget about Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones. Most solid quarterbacks have done well against the Titans from a fantasy perspective. So I'm cool starting him. Um, and we got Daniel Jones against Detroit at eleven. He came through last week, and in another good matchup, he can come through again. That rushing upside is there, um, and this is a good matchup at home. Yeah, against the Lions defense, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, they've kind of been getting torn apart. We just saw what Justin Fields did to them, and while Daniel Jones isn't necessarily the rusher or the passer that Justin Fields is, in my eyes, you know, he's still going to give them trouble, um, especially with Saquon Barkley. They're going to be, you know, selling out to stop him. They don't have to really worry about the receivers too much, I don't think, but Daniel Jones can get done with his legs. And he should be a good, solid start for you because of his rushing upside. He only had 24 yards carrying last week, which was kind of interesting to me, especially against Houston's defense. So we'll see how that goes against Detroit this week. But um, I, I think that he has a chance to come through pretty pretty nicely for you. I mean, he's not going to leave you out to dry. He, he's no, had a so. really nice floor all season. And it's not like a 10-point floor. He's a 15, 16-point floor. Yeah. At number 12, we have Marcus Mariota against Chicago. Good matchup, right? So I think he crack, cracks the top 12 despite, you know, looking not so good last Thursday night. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins at 13 against Dallas. Tough matchup, but he has weapons, right? And he's at home. So I'm okay starting him against Dallas. Do you think you think the Dallas defense's defense gets the, gets the edge here or do you think Kirk Cousins can get it done? Uh, the Vikings offense is playing too well. You know, for me to say that the Dallas defense gets the edge with Dalvin Cook being there, too. You know, it allows the offense to be a lot more balanced. Um, Kirk Cousins doesn't have extreme upside. You know, the way Justin Jefferson fares kind of dictates the way Kirk Cousins fares in terms of fantasy. Um, but Justin Jefferson is on his terror right now. I think he's going to c- continue that against Dallas. Um, one thing to note is that Dallas's defense has been statistically much worse with Dak Prescott playing a quarterback than with Cooper Rush playing at quarterback there are splits i forget i saw the exact stats i'll, I'll see what see if i could find that as we go through the show but the, it, it it's statistically a lot worse this cowboys defense when dak is playing so this could be you know another fantasy shootout we saw that with the green bay and dallas last week so i think kirk Cousins have a good game and one thing with marcus Mariota, you know before we go forward a little bit more 
uh, he's kind of he's worrying me a little bit to the point where if you saw some of the decisions he was making on Thursday night last week against Carolina, that the Falcons might start thinking maybe it's time to put Desmond Ritter in and see what we have. I, I think that might kind of be on the horizon if he has another bad game. So just keep that in your back pocket. You know, if you want to pick him up on waivers, maybe next week, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see how he plays. But as long as the Falcons are losing, the more they lose, I think the closer we get to maybe seeing Desmond Ritter coming in one of these games. So just yeah. a little word of caution on Mariota moving forward. I, I no, I, I I hear that. I mean, it was definitely a bad game from him for him. You know, it was a short week. We'll see yeah. if he's able to get it done in a good matchup. Uh, I've Kyler Murray here at number fourteen. You know, assuming that he does play, I, I don't I don't trust him too much this week. You know, with him a little bit banged up and going up against the Forty Nine ers, is this is this too low for Kyler Murray? Not with in context. You know, it makes perfect sense. If someone showed me this <clears throat> at this point, you know, when if, if Kyler Murray is healthy, I'd say no. Um, this is way too low, but. The way that Kyler Murray seems to be trending, you know, he might not play. And then if he does play, he'll be limited against a 49ers defense, you know, which is really good. I don't think this is too low at all. I think that his ceiling is significantly capped by both the injury and the matchup to the point where the guys above him. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying I'd start Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray. But this week, I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, we have. uh yeah, yeah, it's it'll be tough it for me to put Kyler Murray in my lineup this week, and, and yeah. also you have to wait until Monday night. You might not know um, until Monday on Monday, like whether Kyler Murray is even going to play yeah. or not. Does it feel like we've had a bunch of these situations where it's like, is he going to play? <laughs> Maybe he'll play, but it's a Monday night game, and you get screwed if you don't have him. Like Mark yeah. Andrews was last week. Um, yeah. I forget we had it with another big name earlier this season. It's just, it seems like we've I had have... this this issue a lot this season, more than more than usual. Yeah. For sure. Um, Jared Goff against the Giants uh, at number 15. Um, Taylor Heineke against Houston. He was named the starter for this week. Andy Dalton at home against the Rams at 17. Russell Wilson at home against the Raiders at 18, followed by Matt Jones and Matt Ryan to close out the top 20. Any yeah. comments on those guys? Um, no, not really. Taylor Heineke, I kind of like a, a little bit more maybe um, than Jared Goff. Maybe the Giants defense is a little bit good. It's, it's, it's been all right. So Taylor Heineke has been playing pretty well and against Houston, which is a pretty bad defense. I, I think him over Kyler? If Kyler Murray plays, I think I'd start him over Taylor Heineke. But, you know, obviously if he doesn't, I, I think Taylor Heineke could slide in at 14, you know, if it came down to it. If Kyler okay. Murray didn't play, that's where I'd put okay. him. I, I, I think Jared Goff should be underneath Taylor Heineke, though. That's just Okay, me. there we go. Let's move to our running back rankings. I got Saquon. At number one against Detroit, no-brainer here for me. No, yeah, it's no. Detroit. Amazing matchup. It's Saquon. The dude had 35 carries last week. Like, let's calm down a little bit, Brian Dable. Like, yeah. you like volume, but 35 might be overkill. Yeah. And against, against the Texans of all teams. Like, why don't you put some – like, Matt Burita, you know, he got six carries, too. Maybe just put him in for those carries. You know, yeah. we don't need to overly wear out Saquon Barkley. Uh, we didn't want him to get injured, and we don't want to, you know, cause any – any potential for him to get injured beyond what is necessary for the game. And that's kind of what we saw last week. Obviously, if you had him in fantasy, that you're okay with it. But um, in terms of the week-to-week production, but lifelong, you know, career-wise, you know, you don't want to put too much mileage on him. Saquon even Barkley. Season-long, even season-long-wise, like, don't, you don't want to hit. I, yeah. I'd rather split those 35 carries up in, in two games, you know, and yeah, then use them in the passing game a little bit, maybe. Saquon Barkley <laughs> is a slam dunk against the Lions. I mean, bottom yeah. line. So Austin Eckler at number two against the Chiefs team, giving up the second most receptions to running backs this year. He had nine catches the last time these two played all the way back in week two. He's pretty much Justin Fields' number one wide receiver without Keenan Allen and Michael Williams, assuming that those guys don't play. 
Yeah, you said Justin Fields. Oh, I'm sorry. Justin <laughs> yeah, you're good. The Justins. I get, with the the Justins. Justins. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I have both of them on one fantasy team. I get them confused. But yeah, Austin Ackler is going to be fantastic for you again this week just because it's Kansas City, the matchup. Um, he was a little quiet last week, but all of his production came off recept- receptions, which is, you know, pretty much has been his MO. And that's not going to stop, especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen now. Especially against the Chiefs, too. Yeah. Everything is pointing in the right direction for his receiving workload. Derrick Henry at three against Green Bay tonight. Uh, this defense is vulnerable, you know, to the ground game, and it's a Thursday night. So running backs get a boost on Thursday night. So if Derrick Henry gets a boost, you got to move him up to number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next job against Buffalo in Buffalo. You know, we'll see if this game actually takes place in Buffalo or not. Um, but Buffalo has been gashed lately, you know, on yeah. the ground. Like Dalvin Cook last week, uh, 114 for 119. I'm sorry, 14 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Michael Carter the week before, 12 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones the week before that, 20 carries and 143 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So fire, fire Nick Chubb up this week. You know, regardless of what the weather looks like, regardless of all that, you know, he's not somebody that I would be worried about when it comes to the weather. Would you say, yeah, would you say maybe Nick Chubb gets a boost in the weather? You know, if I they play this in Buffalo, would know. it be a boost? I, you know, because think I don't about know it. if it's a boost. Um, Jacoby Brissett, do you want to put the ball in his hands with <laughs> like these massive snowflakes falling and two two inches every ten minutes of you know accumulation on the yeah, ground? Maybe. I mean, maybe you might you might just have Nick Chubb. I might give him a boost. I mean, it's tough to say. Would you boost him over Derrick Henry? No. I don't think so. But oh, by the way, uh, Derrick Henry is not going up against Detroit. It's so it shows that he's going up against Detroit here on this graphic here. He's going up. Uh, if, in case you're not listening to us, right. uh, he's going up against Green Bay tonight. Um, but no, I don't think so. I think I'll leave Nick Chubb at number four, you know, because I like Derrick Henry tonight too. Would, would his ceiling go up at all? I mean, obviously the know. ranking doesn't, you know, reflect. I don't the know ceiling. if it does. I don't know because his ceiling is already pretty high. I guess it's I true. Know. Yeah, I don't know because I think of Nick Chubb in perfect conditions too, and I feel like he'll still like dominate. <laughs> right, know? that's true. But if anybody's built to handle the elements, it's Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I have CMC at number five this week against Arizona. Um. You know, this is like this, these rankings are like my confidence scale, pretty much, and and you know these top five, and CMC is going to get the work. I I I think most weeks he'll near twenty touches, you know, with a good percentage of that coming in the receiving game. Yeah, he wasn't so efficient last week on the ground, but I don't expect that to continue. Like that's not his thing. Like he's mm-hmm. a, an efficient running back, and the Cardinals are giving up eight yards per reception to running backs this year. They've given up, given up the fifth most receptions to running backs over the last four weeks, uh, but with Elijah. Mitchell, pretty involved last week, uh, you know, and out carrying CMC. And then Cal Shanahan's comments around keeping the guys, you know, relatively close in terms of carries. Um, I have I had to bump CMC down a little bit, but he's still top five. Yeah. The talent is there. And like I said, this is uncharted territory for Christian McCaffrey and his managers. Um, I'm not worried about it just yet. I think they can talk the talk. You know, obviously last week was a little bit concerning, but I want to see him walk a walk for more than one week with, you know, Elijah Mitchell vulturing some carries from Christian McCaffrey. And at the end of the day, you're not going to keep Christian McCaffrey off the field, you know, in favor of Elijah Mitchell for most of the game. We might see Christian McCaffrey's snaps come down from what they were. He might settle into a 60, 65% snap share, but I'm okay with that. As long as he's getting the touches in the receiving game and, you know, he returns to his efficiency, his efficient ways on the ground, I'm not worried about it at all. He's going to be doing this making the big plays for them. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, not Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell might rip off a run here too. Um, but McCaffrey's going to be the guy still, even with 
um, Elijah Mitchell playing a little bit more than we anticipated. He's going to be a top five play every week anyway, unless something more drastic happens where suddenly Elijah Mitchell is the lead back. But that is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Alvin Kamara at number six. Uh, at some point, we're going to see him get those targets again, right? Like he went from nine, nine, ten targets to four and four over the last two weeks against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And, you know, hopefully this can be a get right game for him against the Rams. Um, you know, we know who he is. And I'm assuming that the last two weeks are anomalies. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see that hopefully he can come back. And, you know, Andy Dalton is starting again this week. So there's a good chance that he gets involved in the pass game once again. Yeah, you just got to hope for the best. I mean, I wasn't expecting uh, the matchup against the Ravens last week to be as bad as it was. You know, they kind of made a big statement. Their, de- their defense in Baltimore looked a lot better than I anticipated on Monday night. Um, I wouldn't hold this against Alvin Kamara. Regardless of what happens, you know, they're going to continue to feature him. He got nine carries and four targets. That's not what, exactly what you want to see, but he's going to be one of the big contributors um, as long as this offense struggles. You know, if you're going to get the ball in anybody's hands, I mean, Chris Olave is there, but Alvin Kamara is the go-to. He's going to continue to do his thing. Before, earlier this season, I was worried about him, but after seeing the way he was used, you know, the few weeks before he kind of cooled down, I- I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not either. I'm not panicking or anything like that, but, you know, start him. Start him. Yeah. Josh Jacobs against Denver. I have him at number seven this week. I can see Jacobs getting some solid volume this week. He had serious volume last week against Indy. 21 carries, eight targets. That's what you want to see, right? That weighted opportunity that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, you know, it looks like that's back, right? And uh, Denver has given up 4.8 yards of carry. So if Jacobs can get volume, which I think he would with this game, you know, I don't think it's going to get out of hand, you know, given how bad the Broncos offense is, he should get it done this week. And, you know, Preciser actually has the Raiders winning this game by four points and with Josh Jacobs to have a 67 and a half percent chance of scoring. That's a high number and that's yeah. the highest in this game. So yeah. fire up Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I, I like Josh Jacobs, but not I don't love Josh Jacobs. So I see the guy we have ranked below him, Dalvin Cook at eight. I might put Dalvin Cook above Josh Jacobs this week just because Denver's defense, it's good. You know, obviously you mentioned the 4.8 yards per carry statistic, but that wasn't the case last week against Derrick Henry. Um, They were able to keep him in check. And I think, you know, their defense is good enough to keep Josh Jacobs in check too. Um, I would maybe put Dalvin Cook over Josh Jacobs in these rankings. Yeah, I can understand that. I get it. But last week's game against Derrick Henry, that was an anomaly for this defense. Like they were able to just like, shut him down where they haven't been able to shut down running backs like this entire this entire league you know i I get it because like you know if Derek carr struggles and they can't sustain drives that's going to be a problem yeah um and this game is in denver so i can i can i can understand that um i don't think denver is going to be like getting ahead to the point where josh jacobs becomes obsolete i don't know if you saw the one statistic that's been floating around a lot recently but if the broncos could have scored 18 points in regulation in their games all their games like 18 points per game they'd be eight and one because of this defense <laughs> that's just that's just disheartening but yeah so that tells you what you need to know about the broncos offense they're not going to pull away it's going to be a competitive game neither of these teams are really going to pull away and even if the raiders pull away we know their mo this season has been give up you know the 17 plus point lead um so it's going to be a competitive game yeah no i love the eight targets that i saw last week that, that's 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 very very that's what you want to see you know, right. and I hope that he keeps getting it. Um, and then you mentioned Dalvin Cook against Dallas. Like, regardless of the matchup, it seems like Dalvin Cook has found his groove, right? Yep. He's getting it done. Uh, and he's at home this week. So that helps a lot. 
Um, Joe Mixon at number nine, tough matchup on the ground, you know, but he's coming off that 55 point fantasy game last week. He's an RB one play, uh, in Pittsburgh. I like the usage, you know, that he's seen in the past game, the last couple of weeks, like nine targets in week eight, you know, five targets in week nine. Um, so, you know, pretty solid. And I'm hoping that that usage in the past game continues. He does get taken off the field a lot, like in a lot of passing situations, but at least he's running a lot of routes on early downs because this is a pass first offense. Yeah. I like Joe Mixon. You can't say that he's not going to be an RB1 play after 55 points. That wasn't fluky either. That was just based on the usage. Um, the touchdowns caught up to him. We're not obviously expecting five touchdowns every week. We're not expecting, I don't think, even two touchdowns against his Pittsburgh defense. But, you know, uh, he, he has the ability to do that. It's hard to project more than one touchdown for a player in a game. But I'd say Joe Mixon is a pretty solid bet um, to start and do well for you this week. His ceiling isn't like the other guys on this list. Obviously, it's funny saying that after he scores 55 points. But um, as Jamar Chase gets healthier, it's going to become um, more difficult for him to get those targets. So maybe you'll be good these next few weeks. He might get some more targets, some more inflated passing volume um, these next few weeks. But once Jamar Chase is back, uh, he's a difference maker. He might see his um, targets go down a little bit. But for this week, you're good. I got Jonathan Taylor back in the top 10. You'd love against, to see it. Against Philly. At home, uh, short week for the Eagles. You know, we saw the Washington running backs control this game with the run game last week. We saw Damian Pierce get it done the week before with 139 rushing yards. We saw Najee Harris and Jalen Warren be relatively efficient against them the week prior. We saw Zeke Elliott be efficient against them before their bye week. You see the names that I'm spitting out here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> James Conner was efficient against them the week before that. So what I'm saying is this. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor can have a good day especially, you know, given his new role as the bell cow with Naheem Hines gone. Yeah, and we talked about his role a lot yesterday. The snaps are way up. You know, he's getting looks in the receiving game and the running game. Um, and I, I kind of pinned him. You know, if the Colts want to have any continuity and any success, continued success at offense, it's going to run through Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jeff Saturday seems to have gotten that, uh, uh, that the memo. So they know what they have at running back now. With Matt Ryan starting, I like his prospects a whole lot more, especially in the receiving game. We talked a lot about that. Um, there's nothing not to like at this point with Jonathan Taylor. As long as he's healthy, he seems like he's back. You know, we said he showed shades of vintage Jonathan Taylor, even though he's still relatively young, you know, as far as running backs go. But um, I think he belongs in this top 10 easily. And he has, I, I think, top top, top four upside. Uh, he, I don't think he has the upside of guys like Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler this week. But Jonathan Taylor has a lot higher upside than, you know, he might have had in the past few weeks. Yeah. Okay, so that's our top 10. Let's move on to 11 through 20. Uh, we have Ramondre Stevenson at number 11. He's going to have the pass and down role for the rest of the year. Ty Montgomery's having season-ending surgery, so Stevenson has zero competition at this point in the past game. Yeah. And we'll see if Damian Harris moves into moves into that workload just a little bit after their bye with him getting healthier. But at this point, you just got to think that Stevenson you know, continues the ball as he's been doing all year long. This is a tough matchup against the Jets, but last time around, he had 23 opportunities for 140 yards, right? And, like, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. Like they, they just played each other a couple weeks ago. Um, so, fire up Ramondre Stevenson pretty easily. Damian Pierce at number 12 against Washington. We got David, David Montgomery at 13. Uh, this might be high for some, for David Montgomery, and maybe for you too, Zach, but without Khalil Herbert there, like, all the running back opportunities are going to go Montgomery's way. Um, I think, you know, he can easily have 20 opportunities this week against Atlanta. Um, you know, he's a good player, and I'd expect him, you know, to give you a very solid floor. And, you know, if he scores, 
I think he has a 20 plus point ceiling. Yeah. He's back to being that ideal RB2 play, you know, that we kind of had him for heading in the season, assuming Cleo Herbert can, you know, take carries like he's been these past few weeks. But the workload is going to be there. My only concern with David Montgomery is Justin Fields, um, the way he's been playing. I don't anticipate another 100 yard rushing game from Justin Fields, but, you know, it remains to be seen. This terror could continue. Um, but the statistics would tell you that this type of performance, you know, 40-point performances back-to-back-to-back, the chances of that are pretty unlikely. I think this offense could get a little bit more balanced now, um, hand the ball off a little bit more to, to uh, David Montgomery. If, if, if he gets 15 touches, he's going to have a, a nice day for you. And that's, I think, is well within reach in this game because Atlanta, you know, they're not a high-powered offense. It'll be competitive the whole the whole time, hopefully. And if it goes either way, I don't see the Bears falling behind big in this game if it's going to go you know if it's going to be lopsided in one direction it'll be dave montgomery and the bears you know kind of just salting the game away after taking a lead early 100 percent. let's go on to aaron jones we mentioned him uh earlier a couple times uh james connor we have him at 15 you know tough matchup for connor against san francisco but his opportunity last week was serious yeah 24 opportunities 96 percent of snaps he's playing every role out of this backfield right now two minute uh Third and long, early down. I mean, everything, right? Obviously, 96% of snaps. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they this team showed all those, like all of those roles, like kind of were in this game. Like we saw the two-minute offense. We, so we saw James Conner on the field. We mm-hmm. saw these third and long situations. We saw him on the field for every one of those snaps. That's what you want to see. And they just they just cut Eno Benjamin for whatever reason. No idea why, <laughs> but they yeah. just cut him. So this is a high-end RB1 type of opportunity here. Now, I'm not ranking him as an RB1, obviously. Uh, this kind of opportunity, though, is why I had him ranked so high coming into the year. Uh, that didn't work out, but maybe there is some sort of consolation. Yeah. And if you kept him for this long and you drafted him, you know, and now he's helping you at the at crunch time, cross your fingers, hope he can stay healthy. And if he does and he has this role for the rest of the season, this dude can help you win a league. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that buying James Conner after what we saw in week nine was a good idea. Yeah. How much higher do you think he would move maybe if this, A, wasn't San Francisco, and B, they had Kyler Murray? Would you move him much higher? So if this, okay, so uh, this, is, here, this is what I'm going to say. Say it was I a expect- neutral matchup on the ground. Just a middle. So middle I'll, 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 can I, let me reframe your question a little bit. Okay, right. so are, you mean for this week, right? Yeah. Kyler Murray's healthy, not going up against San Francisco, neutral matchup. He'll be definitely above Aaron Jones, above David Montgomery, above Damian Pierce. He'll probably be at 12. Maybe All right, a so a low end Maybe even higher. Maybe I, even I think higher. he could be. You know, if he shows us shades of what he did last season, you know, just a touchdown machine, then maybe I think we could put him a little bit higher. Um, but the workload is definitely really something that's uh, good to see. I think that's going to be tough this week, but don't be disenchanted if he has a, a rough game, you know, in this box score. Look at the underlying usage after this week. I think it's going to continue to be more of the same. He might actually get more touches because – you know, Kyle Murray might be out. And if Colt McCoy can't go, uh, it's going to be the James Conner show. That's going to be how they could try and power this offense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but he, I'll, I'll say this. If this offense is rolling, like if Kyle Murray's back, Hopkins is healthy, Rondell Moore is healthy, uh, Hollywood is healthy yeah. in a couple weeks, James Conner is healthy and playing this role, I would not be surprised if James Conner finishes top five, top six, top seven. You know, on a week-to-week basis. I would yeah. not be surprised at all. Basically what he did last year. At and that, year. That, that's what you can hope for. And we kind of see it coming. It's on the horizon. 
with Marquise Brown, like you said, getting healthy. Maybe they just hold Kyler Murray out in hopes of recapturing that, you know, getting that type of performance from him, but we'll see. I, I think James Conner, he should be an all right st- start for this week. That's what I kind of expect for him, just an all right performance. Um, I don't think his upside is very high, but moving forward, he got a really good upside. Yeah, no, 100%, man. Um, if you have him and, and you couldn't trade him, right, because he was like hard to trade <laughs> yeah. uh, away, like this this might be good news for you moving forward. Um, so, yeah, so we have Jamal Williams at 16. Um, you know, we'll, DeAndre Swift is going to play, obviously. But, you know, he hasn't seen that many touches. So, you know, the Giants' defense is solid, but they are vulnerable against the run game. And, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, if if the Lions can move the ball a little bit and they get some golden opportunities, Jamal Williams is the guy. He scored last week his first one-touchdown game of the season. Yeah, can you believe it? What, week 10, one touchdown. That is all. Mark it down, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we have Miles Sanders at 17 here. Uh, Tony Pollard at 18 against Minnesota. Tough matchup. And with this ranking uh, of Pollard at number 18, I'm I'm assuming that Zeke plays this yeah. week. If Zeke doesn't play, I would move Pollard up to like a top seven or eight running back. Like maybe, yeah, yeah something like that. Um, he'll <laughs> be amazing. a must play. Yeah, it's uh, amazing the way that... It's amazing the way that you know they said that he was his he was his ceiling was going to be thirty snaps, and then he comes out and plays as much as he did last week. Right? In a close game, when it really comes down to it, you got to give your best player the touches, right? Like yeah. that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, and that's what happened. Um, so that's hilarious that it happened like the week after he said that. Um, <laughs> but this yeah, is no. a tough matchup on the ground. Minnesota is a very very good run <clears> defense. <throat> um, but if we're expecting. Dak Prescott to be successful through the air. That means they're going to be able to sustain drives. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to have some red zone opportunities. So, you know, Pollard is still in play as a very, very, very solid RB2. Yeah, I think so. Even with Zeke playing, yeah. I think he's definitely earned some more touches and some more snaps, maybe even a majority, you know, moving forward. Um, I can see it, especially with Zeke banged up still. Yeah. And Zeke, he like you said, he is a little bit banged up. He's an early down back, but you know we've seen this type of situation happen before. With you know Brian Robinson is the early down back, and he's pretty much running, and that's it. Um, and Antonio Gibson's getting receptions. I think Tony Pollard is he. Well, I, I don't think I know he's the best running back in Dallas right now. Um, he's going to have more money touches, more productive, um, opp- more opportunity to produce in terms of the receiving game. I think than Zeke, and that's really what you want in terms of an RB two. You know he has the upside. That's pretty ridiculous compared to what Zeke is. I can see it. Um, Antonio Gibson at number 19 uh, against Houston. Good matchup here. Um, you know, I think he can be efficient with his touches. He's the he's a three down back for them. I, I like him this week. Uh, obviously, Brian Robinson, I have him here also in my top 30. Uh, but I like Gibson more because he's going to be involved in the pass game. Yeah. Devin Singletary at number 20, you know, like we'll see, like with the snow, like maybe this ends up being an advantage for him whether the the Bills want to run the ball. Devin Singletary is the guy who runs the ball for them. Um, we saw him in the game where Josh Allen was relatively limited last week in terms of throwing. They gave Singletary the ball on the goal line and he got two touchdowns. Right. Um, I'm interested to see when, you know, Nine Hines comes into the picture with the Bills because Devin Singletary, I didn't expect him to kind of just be dominating the backfield the way he has. I mean, granted, they haven't, you know, put Naeem Hines on the field that much at all. But I- I'm wondering when he comes into the picture because, you know, we can keep ranking Devin Singletary up here, um, at least for the time being. But I- at some point, Naeem Hines has to, you know, vulture some of these touches. And it's going to kind of make Devin Singletary an RB3, I think, if they give him the touches that, you know, Naeem Hines deserves. It's just a little confusing to me that they traded for him and they haven't used him yet. 
Yeah, it is confusing. I mean, Naheem Hines, he had 8% of snaps last week and 8% of snaps the week before. Yeah. So, like, we didn't even see a, an, an upgrade in in snaps for him from week to week, which is super interesting. We assumed um, after that first week that he'd get more. We're like, oh, just wait till next week. We'll see yeah, how he gets used. We would, it's it's but... just weird. Like, I'd hope this isn't the way it continues to be, um, but we'll see. I, I don't think it's going to continue to be this way, but it would really be a story if the same thing happened this next week. Agreed, man. Um, Deontay Foreman, I have him here at number 21 against Baltimore. This is a tricky one for me because, you know, this is a tough matchup. They're playing in Baltimore. Deontay Foreman can't get game scripted out of this game, so keep that in mind. He's not a safe play, um, but, like, after a few really, really good ma- really good games, like, it, it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Um, like, I might want to take the risk and just play Corderell over him or Gus Edwards over him or you know, Brian Robinson over him or DeAndre Swift over him even. Like, it, you know, it's it's getting to that point. However, it's possible that if this game remains close, you know, with Ra- the Ravens not having their weapons and, you know, if Mark Andrews plays, then obviously the Ravens are in much better shape. But, you know, Deontay Foreman is a little bit of a, a tricky play this week and it could be a trap. Yeah, he could be, especially the way the Ravens defense has been playing, you know. But yeah. we'll, we'll see if that continues uh, this week against Panthers. I wouldn't be surprised if it does because the Panthers – they have Baker Mayfield starting. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Deontay Foreman might be the guy they lean on. We'll see if Chuba Hubbard gets mixed in um, anymore. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to you know, lean one way um, more than the other. If it's going to be one way, I think Deontay Foreman is going to get the majority of the touches, but we'll see. You never know. In games where I figure where a team goes down, which I figure this would be the case for the Panthers, sometimes they just mix things up to see what kind of spark they can get. Um, uh, Deontay Foreman, you know, he's a – he he's a decent star. I like him as a flex. At you know, he's best utilized as a flex this week for me. I like Cordell Patterson this week, man. Like I I know that the usage was terrible last week, but I just have a feeling that Patterson is going to get his rollback. You know, yeah. I, I I I don't know what I could like. We've seen this before with Patterson, right? Where like the usage is weird, and then the next week all of a sudden he has twenty carries. You know, yeah. and I just feel like this is an opportunity to kind of buy him. Uh, and I'll start him, you know, because it's it's against Chicago. Chicago is one of the worst rushing defense in the league. And, you know, Patterson can have a big game. So I don't want that type of upside on my bench. No, you can't leave him on the bench at this point, especially, you know, what we know him to do <laughs> with the touches that he gets. When he gets a good number of touches, you know, he can produce really well with that. I think that he should get more touches, like you said, this week. He shouldn't have to have his touches limited. Go ahead. He, he was playing... You know, he played coming off the injury. He had four games back to back. I mean, sorry, he had two games back to back within four or five days, right? Yeah. That Sunday and then that Thursday. And now he has ten days rest yep. between those two week between these two games. So I feel like he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't think how I feel about it. I don't think Tyler Algier goes away. I think, like I said, they can continue to use him in tandem with Cordell Patterson. But first crack, and you know, most of the uh, you know important touches they're going to get early downs, goal line. I think it's going to be Cordell Patterson. Um, we've seen Caleb Huntley kind of come in a little bit and do his thing. Hopefully just, he goes away. To, yeah, just to spell them too. I don't think he's going to go away. I think he's going, kind of going to continue to be that pest in the backfield. But um, it's I don't think it's enough to take away the value of Cordero Patterson or even Tyler Algier um, at this point. Cordero Patterson is the running back to have. Tyler Algier will be able to do his thing. We have him at 29. But Cordero Patterson, his upside is RB1 You know, every week. As long, if he gets the touches, he's going to be able to do his thing. I got Gus Edwards here at 23. Uh, maybe it's better to play Gus Edwards over Deontay Foreman. 
Like I can see that playing out better. Um, yeah. Gus Edwards got a limited practice in on Wednesday. Um, and I think he's a safer play. Like if you were looking, like asking me like, who's a safer play between Edwards and Foreman, I'll probably go Edwards. Um, Cause he has the upside too to score a touchdown or two and yep. um, against Carolina. So it's, it's in Baltimore. Maybe I'll give the edge to Gus Edwards and, and kind of flip those two guys. Um, Edwards and then Patterson and then Foreman. I think I might do that. Yeah. That's that, what I'm that, towards. That makes sense. When we saw Gus Edwards play earlier this season, I mean, you know, obviously went back down with an injury, but um, when we saw him play, he looked good. You know, he, he's exactly what you'd expect from a Ravens running back, you know, 15, 16 carries. You know, he had two touchdowns, I think, when he played. So that's where the upside is going to come from. But uh, I think he's, he's a safe start compared to Deontay Foreman, who yeah. isn't necessarily safe, but the upside is better, I think, there. I have Brian Robinson in the top 24 here at, 20, at number 24 against Houston. Right, really yeah. good matchup. You know, we've seen that the 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 commanders are willing to give him a ton of carries, and you know, I am selling him right now after that huge carry game last week, huge like workload that he had last week. Um, because if anyone thinks that that signs of things to come, I would sell right now. So, yeah. and using the Houston matchup as you know, because the thing is like just this, a selling like, point, yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, okay, cool. Like, let's say he has a big game against Houston. Like, people know that Houston's a good matchup. Yeah. Like, people aren't like that stupid. So it's like, all right, who's the next matchup? All right, well, I don't know if I want to start him that week. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to buy him. You know what let's I'm saying? See. Like, who is people will want to buy him because they want to start him this week. So I would do that. However, if you don't want to move him, you can't move him, whatever. I think he's a top 24 play this week against a, a bad Houston rushing defense. Yeah, I, I could see him, you know, doing well this week, definitely. Um, Antonio Gibson, we had him ranked a little bit higher just because of the receiving upside. This could be a more competitive game than you think, but Washington did look good last week, you know, when they were featuring both running backs, and it could get to the point where each of them are top 30 plays, you know, each week, um, obviously with Antonio Gibson having the higher upside. But Brian Robinson, um, there's no reason to expect him not to be able to achieve, you know, RB2 numbers with 26 carries. If he gets anything close to that, you know, I, I figure there's going to be a touchdown in there somewhere. So especially against his Houston defense, which is a good matchup. The matchup is what does it for me, what, like, what really keeps him up this high. But um, he, yeah, he, exactly. could be, he could be a solid play for you even next week. I mean, the week after they play Atlanta, I think. So okay. he, he could be a spot starter for you. I don't think he's just... Yeah, I, I agree. He, I don't I think agree. he's a last and, resort he, filler at this point. He has, he has value. Yeah. DeAndre Swift, I have him here at number 25. Super, super hard to trust. Yeah. But, but... He sells upside, and there's going to be a game where his snaps like increase. Well, yep. I hope so. It I hope there's a game where his snaps increase. I don't yeah. know when it's going to happen, but it can happen. We'll see if he gets some. Did he get a full practice in yesterday? I think he did. Um, uh, he might have. Let me check. Yeah, check that. But in the meantime, like, dude, like, I, I, I don't want to play DeAndre Swift unless I don't have any other like really good options. Like the guys I have after him are Michael Carter, Zeke Elliott, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Algier and James Robinson. None of those guys have like huge upside. So I'd rather just play DeAndre Swift and hope that he either lands in the end zone, which he has over the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, maybe not the week before, but last week and the week, two weeks prior to that. So I'm okay starting DeAndre Swift this week. Um, yeah. And between those guys, Michael Carter, 26, Zika, 27. The reason why I have a Zika, 27 is because I expect them to move the ball and he can get a goal line carry. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, you know, maybe he sees 10 to 12 carries in this game against Arizona. Could be, you know, in line to have a little bit of work um, against a a team that might go down, might be down in this game. They might have to run the ball a lot. 
and then Tyler yeah. Algier against a bad Chicago defense, and then James Robinson at New England. Michael Carter had a little bit of an edge on that role uh, before their bye. Um, you know, so I, I'm okay. You know, both these guys are going to be my top 30, but they've been splitting uh, about 50-50 between the yeah. two of them. I don't see anything here about DeAndre Swift's practice status, actually. I'm scrolling through. So that means he practiced in full. Yeah. So assuming that is the case, uh, Jamal Williams actually apparently didn't practice on Wednesday because of an illness. I don't think that's going to yeah, help him out, that. but yeah. definitely something, you know, to keep an eye on. But I think at some point, DeAndre Swift's touches have to go up. And that'll be, yeah. it could be any week now. Um, DeAndre Swift did practice healthy. did practice in full on Wednesday, so that's that means that he's he he's well he also practiced in full last week too. So yeah, <laughs> at some point, so <laughs> we'll it, it, it is what it is. He was off the practice report. It was off the injury report too going into the game. But, yeah, but I yeah. think another week if he is practicing in full and he has a workload similar to what we've been seeing, then it's time to hit the panic button because now it's like why isn't he coming back and getting the touches that he's supposed to be getting? I I, I would say this. I would say give him till week twelve. Right. I think it might not work this week. A little Thanksgiving leeway. <laughs> I would say, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he's playing on Thanksgiving, isn't he? Like the Lions yeah. always play on yep. Thanksgiving, so he's they're playing on today. Yeah, they're the afternoon game always. The Lions. Maybe they save him for Thanksgiving. That's what it is, and then he can feast. <laughs> Love it. There you it. go, Zach. And with that. We're going to close out the podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you guys. Um, the rankings will be up. If you want the full rankings, by the way, you can hit up our Patreon. The link is in our description. Um, and uh, all of our like, all the positional rankings will be there. All of the uh, flex rankings will be there. Obviously, not just the top you know, 20 and 30. We're going to go a lot deeper than that. And a lot of blurbs, too, will be put up for a lot of these players to give you a lot of context around um around these players so like you know if something that i mentioned in this podcast that you didn't quite get um you know it'll be in written form too on on the on the rankings so you can go check that out patreon.com upper hand fantasy google it or you can hit the link in the description appreciate you guys we'll see you tomorrow with our uh wide receiver and tight end rankings and we'll go over thursday night's game and we'll go over a bunch of stuff going into the weekend thank you these guys see ya come on bye-bye